I'm Henry Lin, here with Roxana Zade, though she will admit otherwise, and this is Better World. Welcome. Better World is an exploration of badass people who do really cool things. The more we know about this world, the better we can do in changing it. So welcome to Better World. Today we are discussing a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, for those of you who haven't checked out our Instagram page, if you go to it's better.world, you'll note that we, in some capacity, are an education platform and a news aggregate. We take as much interesting stuff as we can find and we feed it back with the hope that by educating the consumer, we can create a shift. And we're particularly interested, as you guys know, um, in net good companies. And these are companies that are doing consumer plastic free goods. Um, but by virtue of the production of their goods, they create change. And we are not alone. There are other people out there in the space who have platforms that encourage not only education, but activism. And we are lucky enough to have not only such a platform with us today, but an incredible guest hostess with the mostest who is going to introduce that platform. Rox, can you tell us who we have with us? Well, Henry, I'm so glad you asked because this particular person is very near and dear to my heart and so is her mission. Her name is Max and she has started something called Future Earth. Right now you should be on your Instagram account typing that to see what pops up because you will find an incredible educational platform for climate change. Matab or Maxi. <laughs> Hey, Max. Thanks. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Thank you. Welcome, all. welcome. Thank you, Rox. Thanks for holding my hand. Um, hi, I'm Mata, but I go by my middle name, Max, and I'm a girl that goes by Max. Just disclaimer. Future Earth I is... I think it's killer. Thank you. <laughs> I love confusing people. I actually got... Um, I fell for my own trick because there is a scientist whose name is Max Lebron in Canada, and I've been reading... Max's work for a long time and just Thought heard it was her a dude, didn't you? Yep. on a podcast. Yep. And I, now I'm even more in love with her. Okay. Um, I'm Max. I started Future Earth. No, with, don't run away from that. We can talk about girl crushes all day. Oh, Max, where are you? Yeah. Where are you, Max? She talks about, um, like, she has a very feminist, anti-colonial approach to science. Oh, so she's she, bringing down the patriarchy and capitalism. Oh my God. All at the same time. All at the same time. So she was talking about how like it extends to her respect for animals and the earth extends to the fact that as a scientist, she won't go kill an animal for research, Really, but she'll take food scraps from people that give them to her or food scraps from people in the labs, food or whatever, and test that. And it, she talks about how it makes her feel even more emotionally connected to what she's doing rather than like, a sterile kind of science environment because right. when she finds toxins, microplastics, whatever in that food, she knows exactly who ate it. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? That's really interesting. Yeah. I want to have a dinner with like her and Maria Mies. See what happens. Who's that? It's more of that she... capitalism patriarchy. Oh, okay. Cool. Feminist glaciology. We're not going Very to make it people. Rox is going to end me. You guys thought Barnett didn't like me. You have no idea what ride we are in for. I just want to take this moment to talk about how you do the same thing by making climate change something personal and emotional. That's very true. Because I know from being in your orbit that I've received so much incoming messaging from other people, platforms, and places, but none of it has hit home the way that it has, the way that 
your platform has because it makes an emotive tie. It makes it personal. It makes it relatable. And you talk a lot about humor and how that's a tool that can be used to create change even with a serious cause. And I want you to talk more about that. Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about to. what the platform is since like so, we've, we've dictated the conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's let's do that. So Future Earth is like kind of the this little baby that I had with Steph Shep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we put our brains together. We both really care about the cause. We like finished each other's sentences really very much on the same page. We're like, okay, what do we do? So we look at it as I have a lot of the information because I spent a lot of my time reading and researching. And Stop. What? Talk about how you're a boss and where you graduated. Oh, my God. Okay, so I have a master's from MIT. And for my thesis, I just decided to go like full rogue and just dig really deep into climate change stuff. For six months, I actually just... You got a master's at... MIT. The smartest of the smarty pantses and just went into an internet K-hole basically on climate change? A book K-hole. I'm so into book that. Book K-hole, yes. It was really cool. It was fun. Um, it was a master's in urban design. It had absolutely nothing to do with climate change or climate change education, but someone told me who was a PhD candidate that was giving advice, or maybe I just solicited him, I don't know, but he said... I'm so sick of seeing students listening to professors as if they're scared of them. You are the client and they, they work for you. So that was very liberating to me because then I was just like, I'm just going to do whatever I want while I'm here because I'm paying to be here anyway. So I, yeah, it was really cool. It was really fun. I got like the, um, so you have all of this um, knowledge and you and Steph got together and what did future earth start as and what did it become? I got the most transgressive thesis award uh, on the paper plates. We had a paper plate award the end of the, at the end of our time there. Anyway, so we looked at it as here Max is with the information and with graphic design skills. Okay. And here's Steph, who is a marketing Instagram genius because she does it for herself, her own business, also did it for Kim Kardashian with with Kim Kardashian for a really long time. And I don't understand that space at all. Right. Um, so we thought, you know, I told her I'm really pessimistic about celebrities getting involved with this topic because it looks like all we have is Leo and it's really unfortunate. Right. And she said, she convinced me that more people would engage if the information and, and the and the movement as the a brand, right. yeah, it was better designed and more palpable. Exactly. Right. So we literally like are trying to like do for the tree hugger what Gloria Steinem and her posse of women did for feminism. Yeah, no, you're queer sense. eye for the tree hugger. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then we just started going, and I just started designing some of the information, pulling things from my thesis, which mm-hmm. was like a 400-page scrapbook of my entire learning process. Mm. That's what it is. So I just pulled pages from that, you know, reformat, reformatted it to be a square, to read on Instagram, and started going from there. And it's, that's, it's kind of taken... You are 32,000 followers plus in on this journey. And the majority of your content, I've noticed, is proprietary to you guys. You've written it. Yeah. Yes. Well, I take a lot of... I have a lot of quotes from people that I really admire. I like to share those a lot. Um... I did repost a meme that Greta tweeted 
like a year ago that I found deep in the internet because it was too funny. It really made me laugh yesterday. Um, and yeah, I'm just trying to synthesize. That was funny. Yeah. The information that I know. And it's a great kind of back and forth because I'll put something together and Steph will be like, no, 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 no. No one's going to read this. This is like way too dense. This went over my head. This is too much. Like this, these are 10 posts that you're trying to put in one Mm. and we'll do that little dance with each other and then get to a place where I feel comfortable that the information is, you know, not watered down too much right? and clear. And she feels like the post will hit. Right. And then we kind of take it from there. So this is a really great process. Can you tell us a little bit about the content and the information that you guys talk about? So I'm trying to, we are trying to do a balance of surveying what's out there and making sure we're offering something different. Um, so right now, what you see on Instagram, if you follow, follow any kind of environmental people, to me, it's a lot of like plastic is the villain, right? consumer choice tips, really alarming news stories. I don't, any, what the else? Issue, the issue is that it goes really deep. So it's hard for someone who doesn't necessarily 100% want to subscribe to changing their entire life to be able to participate in something that they still believe in. And I think what they propose as in Steph and Matt hub are max. Sorry. <laughs> I've known you since you were born. Da, 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 da. Max. <laughs> um, what you do is you make it easy for people to come back and say, I can take small steps in my life and I can change the way that I'm thinking about something without drastically changing every single part of what I do and every single part of who I am. You create an awareness and an underlying understanding of certain issues and ways that you can contribute to them without saying, starting tomorrow, you can't wear anything that has any polyester in it. All right. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a process and it's a long process. And I understand that the first steps are those little consumer choices, are learning how to recycle better, getting a reusable bottle, things like that, understanding the the ingredients in your products, those sorts of things. How do you offset your carbon footprint? Hmm. But I will have... Where to compost in NYC? Exactly. A of plastic bags? Stuff like that. There are at least 200 (laughs) industrial chemicals in Americans. Did you Oof. know that? Uh, it's rough, I know. Yeah, it's rough. I know. It's bad news. It's bad news. But that's, there's that's also... That's like the microplastic bad news. There's and a lot of shame. babies being born with them. There's a lot oh. of shame associated with climate change education. And I think what they're doing is stripping knowledge from feeling ashamed. Right. And that's a tough balance. Palpable steps to manage the climate crisis. <laughs> Correct. We have to take a quick commercial break. Today's sponsor is none other than SmileRadio.fm. Shout out. We love the smile. We love all of their really good vegan options, as well as some of their proteins. They have been supporting us from day one, and uh, we record directly out of the Smile Studio on 24th and Lexington. Come shout us out earlier in a podcast recording. Somebody walked by and waved at us. It was our first Today Show moment. It was really exciting. <laughs> Check them out on the Instagram too, smile at smileradio.fm. And shout out to Lindsay. Thank you so much for being the best producer on the planet. And, uh, and shout out to Brendan for being the best engineer on the planet. Yeah. 
appreciate you, my guy. We are back from that wonderful pre-recorded note, um, talking with none other than the dynamic duo of Rox and Max. Hey, so I was going to say before that I will have failed myself if I'm giving you those baby steps on how to change your lifestyle in small ways, but you don't know what petroleum is. Right. Then I will really have failed myself. So that's where the balance, I'm trying to strike a balance between. Right. There is like a real quit polyester, but here's why it's made from gas. Literally like the same stuff powering your car is in your clothing. Right. Is in your products. Somebody should really do a fire campaign where like people are walking down a runway just covered in oil. Ew. But also. Right? But that's like as viscerally disturbing as right. it should be. But it's, it's interesting because, you know, you see all this advertising right now from brands that are saying this activewear was made from recycled plastic bottles. And rather than Still plastic, the response bro. that they want of people saying like, oh, look at them. That's so great. They're recycling plastic bottles. People are like, wait why are there plastic bottles in my activewear? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like they're one step ahead right. in an interesting way. So rocks. What? What? And you're giving me this face. So another really important thing that I don't think people talk about enough, um, that was really important to me personally mm-hmm. is really understanding the psychology behind opening your mind up to right. the issue and in the same way that you issue. had that awakening. Yeah. Because like I'm here, I've paid to be in the, the smart temple of the white tower. What's the thing I'm going to think about and how am I going to crack my brain open? And you had this incredibly transformative experience. So now we want to share that in a microcosm with every user that we can. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was, it was really interesting for me to, be look, looking at the problem from an academic standpoint and then wanting to dive deeper because I just felt, you know, we were in design studios and they were saying, you know, you have to prepare the city of Boston for the year 2100 when there's X amount of feet of sea level rise right. and go. And then you have a bunch of these, and then you have a bunch of these like foreign students and all these people from different backgrounds. And I realized half this class doesn't even know why the sea level is going to rise. Wow. You know, point. like they're not teaching yeah. us that. We're not talking about it. Right. So or what you can do to abate it. Yeah, exactly. Why like why is design only going to be post crisis fixing? Right. Like why can't we I just felt like I was kind of like a sheep at the end of this right. terrible story, you know, trotting along. And I hated it. So I was just like, I want to understand this problem. I'm not ignoring this anymore. I don't know how I got away with ignoring this for so long. Here I go. So in your full-time jobs and activities and dreams of what you want to do, how does this become the next big thing for you? Are you guys just an omni-channel platform? What are the steps that you want to take for the future growth? Where, where do you foresee yourself growing and, and how are you going to maximize your impact? I don't know. It's something we talk about, just dream about at this point, because it all kind of happened. Really you know, Going viral on the internet is, is an interesting thing. I'm so glad you did that, because what I was thinking was what she does really well is actually take something that has this huge doomsday mentality tied to it, and that seems like a huge undertaking that you need to be able to solve 
kind of on your own without the help of the entire world to save the entire world. And you're getting these tiny clues and hints and tips and ways that you're refueling the earth and helping make change in palpable ways Mm. without looking at how am I necessarily going to change the entire planet on my own in 10 years, but what can I do today to make a tiny impact that's a little bit better? How can I arm myself with a little bit more information? How can I make someone next to me laugh about something so that they can retain valuable information too? Did you just promise never to use another plastic water bottle? I don't use plastic, Henry. That's terrible. I heard the promise. Listen, we all rely on plastic. Let's be real. I do sometimes use Ziplocs, and I'm trying not to. You wear contacts, don't you? Okay. I'm actually getting refractive surgery. (laughs) And a swell. Or NACO, excuse me. Okay, there we go. So. Where do you think you're growing to? So, okay. So my thesis was called Future Earth Catalog because I was building off the whole Earth Catalog, which maybe we're familiar with, maybe not. Mm -hmm. But from the 70s, it was just this compilation of all the stuff that any kind of activist do it diy type person all the, all the hippies you know it was the it was the bible for hippies and where to how to live where to get everything they wanted that kind of stuff and so what i really feel from my research was that there isn't a good way to you know you want to learn more and you don't even know where to start you don't right. know where to go so the catalog is near and dear to my heart in that sense i want to be the place where you can get all of the good information because I just realized like I don't need to make any of this stuff because it all exists already and it's just not being tapped into. Right. Everything that I'm posting, I'm not coming up with that stuff. Maybe I made maybe I designed it, but it's not my it's not my work, it's not my words. Right. You know? So I always it want was extracted to, from somewhere and sourced yeah, in some capacity. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm always like putting the source there, saying this is a great book, this quote is from this book, you should read this, you should read that, because I just want to give people better access to the resources because I realized how hard it was for me to even find the good stuff. Like I sought out different professors and not everyone has that. Um, Share the fun fact. Which mm-hmm. one? Your industrial revolution fun fact. My in, The one that I was like yelling to your dad about the other day? Yes. That the earth, the global average temperature has warmed one degree Celsius since the industrial revolution. That one? Yeah, that's a really fun fact. I like that one. Um, yeah, we love that one. So the future of future earth, I, we have been talking about being a pro bono consulting for brands. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting space. That also. is a very interesting space. Yeah. Like, how do you adjust the economies of your scale to be net good rather than just trying to offset them? Right. You know, exactly. You're you're Thank looking you. at companies that are, you know, p- petroleum companies are the ones that I just keep talking about because I found out recently from the New York Times that they only have invested about one percent of total revenue into renewables. It's just insane. It's that's like it's crazy. business as usual. We're not thinking that we have to completely change and get to the point where, you know, we're not doing that. It's ugh. I'm shocked by that. Yeah, no, it's right. Like, it's nuts. 1%. 1%. It's actual nuts. I feel like the, like the UAE is, is way ahead of that. I wonder (laughs) how much they're, 
I mean, they literally built a whole experimental city to test renewables. Right. I think they get it. Do you think Exxon that... ExxonMobil, what's up? Shell, come yeah. get at me, bruh. Right. Chevron. <laughs> um, do you think that uh, the majority of the companies that you would work with uh, in the future are ready today now for the kind of messaging that you would bring and the kind of programs? No, but I think everything's changing really fast. I think that the amount of change I've seen in the past year is kind of crazy. Right. And some of it's obviously greenwashing and some of it, you know, you, 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 you have this, like, I have a skeptical eye when I'm looking at a new brand popping up of what is their mission do I align with their mission? Does it seem genuine to me? Right. Because the thing is, you, you're going to get, when someone comes out with a strong mission, you become really skeptical of them, not the way you would have just any other brand. Like right. Dunkin' Donuts is Dunkin' Donuts, sure. But then you're going to tell me that you really care about the environment and you know being a green, good brand. So your packaging... Right, well, Dunkin' Donuts is a perfect example. I know it's insane to talk Why? about, but... well. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to make a product like donuts from the industrial uh, agro community. You can shift some of the sourcing of your product so that you support more sustainable, regenerative agriculture practices. You can change your fleet and the shipping that you do to carbon neutral in some capacity. You can go to electric vehicles. There's just all sorts of things that you can do when you're particularly at that scale. You can buy your coffee from, you know, the same type of agroforestry places that we do and support agroforestry. There's, I don't think that anybody with the exception of the petroleum industry who has to change entirely is exempt um, in their ability to become closer to net good, if not net good. But you, we don't expect those brands those companies to do that as right, much as we, we expect should. the somewhat good small brands to be 100 percent good right now like right. that's that's where i'm getting into this weird look at thing the automotive in industry yeah. we actually did expect them to get their shit together and they're at the point where we're like we hear you we're resisting some of the political changes to not hear you and go to crappy admission standards we're actually going to switch entirely to electric vehicles um, by 2050 or whatever the hell it is they've committed to. Um, but they have literally heard their demographic and consumer base and are making the necessary changes. It could be like that in every industry. And the yeah. fascinating thought um, here that there will be pioneers like you who then have the megaphone back to the consumer. Hi, I'm making this recommendation because I have all the data on these people and understand what they want. And I effectively am the green fucking Nielsen that will tell you this is where it's going and this is where you have to be. That's an awesome business model. Yeah, I will write sure. a check tomorrow, today. I know, always like, tell people that if there's something about a product you love that you're willing to compromise or some way that you want something to be better or more eco-friendly, write an, them an email. Call them. They actually listen to that invest stuff. Invest in Max. <laughs> it's just like... You know, you see all these brands that are really afraid of modifying a product that people have been loyal to for all these years. Right. And so they, they create some like off side, like different product altogether that has better ingredients and, you know, more sustainable, whatever. But right. they need to innovate their bestseller. 
right not the side product so it's like if we start telling that i know that they listen i've actually written um so i'm just going to say this here because maybe someone can you know reach out and help us with this i have written to postmates and caviar to have an option in their categories of sustainable packaged restaurants oh because you never know what you're getting from these places that's right I think it's a really good. Come on, let's go. I or can like help Uber, you with that one. Really? Yeah, Sick. I worked for the founders there of Seamless Web. Lovely, uh, Uber and Lyft and Juno, all of the ride sharing apps. I have written many, many, many emails saying that for the health and safety of the, not only their customers but their drivers, they should ban fragrance and synthetic cleaning products from being used in the cars. Right. So many times. I mean, and uh, like I, I think that no chemicals, please. Thank you. That's it. So write to your brands. I actually think that it, it has an impact. It definitely has an impact. A uh, little contact us page on the emails. <laughs> I want to go talk about emotions again because it's raining and I just feel... Got me feeling emotions. Yeah. I'm in this my feelings. particular commercial that we are now about to break to before we talk about emotions mm-hmm. has nothing to do with Mariah Carey. And unfortunately, has nothing to do with rocks either, which is one of my favorite subjects to discuss. It has to do with something near and dear to our hearts at Better World, a little company called Package Free Shop, giving Lauren Singer uh, an additional shout out today. Trash is for tossers. Trash (laughs) is for tossers. Check her out on the Instagrams, at Trash is for tossers. Um, An extra shout out because of not only all of her great work and her introductions and help and support to the pod, um, but because she is a badass CEO who is crushing it and all of us should be looking at are alternatives to plastics and i just got reminded earlier today when a dear friend of mine was using plastics so please check out package free shop check out the bottles check out the deodorant check out the soap options it's literally all there get yourself some nice bamboo cutlery packagefreeshop.com okay so this isn't an ad i just want to thank lauren on this on this lovely podcast for getting me off shampoo and conditioner. I now use her shampoo and conditioner bars. That's a testimonial right behind the ad. This is a fire ad. Yeah. I love them. And people are like, is your hair falling out? I'm like, no. So (laughs) it's fun. It's fun to just, you know, you're like, no, I have the hair of a mermaid. Thank you. I mean, I think I'm even better. I'm like, look how shiny my hair is. People keep asking me, what are you using in your hair? And I'm like, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. No more of these chemicals. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. And we're back with the overzealous and overjoyed Roxana Zade and our dear friend Max. Hey. So we were going to talk about emotions. We are deep in the emotion conversation. Yeah. Let's go. It's It was climate week. All of a sudden, I think my... It my, got heated, huh? No really pun intended. Did. It really did. I had a heated week. I'm going to go out and strike again. Is this going to come out before tomorrow? No. Oh, well, tomorrow's another strike. I'll be there, too. Um, I went from, like, people in my own circle having no idea who Greta was right. to now everyone's talking about Greta. So right. I think it's just, it was a cool week for all of us, you know, that wanted other people to be more aware and know more. And right. um, Where are you striking tomorrow? Outside the UN. Sick. Yeah. Should be great. What time? 10 to 2 outside okay. the UN. If you want to learn more, hit up Fridays for Future. Okay. 
and um, there's probably a local strike near you every single Friday. So, and if there isn't one, you can start one. So, the I had kids a, are cutting class, bro. It's so fun. I wish I was a kid right now. It's like I'm jealous. It's not fair. No, I prefer you know my upbringing where I went to art school and kids would cut class to go take mushrooms and sit in the park oh yeah i'm obviously absolutely kidding and i actually posted about that the other day because after the strike the big strike i went home and cried because i just felt so sad for all these children that like mass shootings climate crises like it's so unfair we're like really robbing these kids of their childhoods and their innocence and it's insane i was thinking to myself how much my own parents tried to protect me from like the bad shit going on in the world when I was a kid. Right. And I saw literal babies strapped to their mom's backs holding signs that said, you know, climate justice. And I do it because I love birds. And like all the, it was just, it was a lot for me. Right. So I can't imagine that it wasn't a lot for a lot of people. It's a lot for everybody. To, yeah. To see that, but to see it for, cause you know, it was staggering um, the amount of young, young, yeah. I'm talking kids who are Children, in like third, babies. second grade, and then toddlers, you know, like mm-hmm. walking behind. Now, granted the four year old probably showed up because the parents showed up to some extent, but the kids who are, you know, eight, nine, 10 woke and getting their parents to show up for this devastating. This is what they're looking yeah. at. But even the three and four year olds, had more knowledge on the issue than you thought they did. Really? Well, because I was taking photos, and obviously when a kid is three or four, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk to them for a few minutes before I take their picture and ask their parents' permission. And they were very well-spoken and outspoken little tiny kids. Like, it was shocking. Tiny humans. You know? And change. you're just, like, looking at them smiling because it's the most endearing thing you've ever seen in your life, and then you're also just like, what the actual fuck? Right. That this little kid oh. knows what climate change is. And like she's picking her nose while she's telling me about climate change. Like that's how little she is. So it was a lot for me emotionally. I can't imagine that it wasn't a lot. People have been definitely reaching out to me a little bit more. Um, just grappling with it themselves and having the realization of why it was not something in their everyday life before. Why do you think activism is so important? Because, I mean, look at the history of social movements. We like to like think of people out protesting in the streets as you know nutty people that don't have a day job. But those those things actually cause change. We've seen it a million yes, times, do. and just having that network and just the like kind of it's not for everyone, but for me, I find I find it really cathartic to just be with the people and like be with your people, especially right. in this world of climate change where it's not something you want to bring up all the time and you don't know if someone's gonna you know how they're gonna react to it you can't talk to everyone about it it's not like it's a buzzkill still you know so i've 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 been looked at with like like people think i'm like this crazy alarmist when i'm just speaking very normally so many times and it makes me uncomfortable to talk about how i feel or what i'm thinking or what i read that day so just to be with your people I think is really amazing, but also so many people say, what do I do? What can I do? I'm just one individual. And obviously every, you know, there's not every individual is going to have a sizable impact. So what I've done myself in my activism that I try to encourage other people to do is stick to your guns and know what you're good at and do that, contribute that to the whole movement. So if my skill was being able to crunch through 
dense scientific reports and literature and turn it into something digestible and graphically pleasing, then I'm just going to keep doing that because like now that I know what I know, I'm going to try to change my lifestyle, all these things. Sure. But I have an itch and I need to scratch it. And that's how I know to scratch. And that I think is the best contribution I can have, you know, being more open about the emotional aspect of learning climate change information. Cause I don't think enough people talk about it. And it's near and dear to me and that stuff. So like one of my friends, what do I do? What do I do? I don't know. I'm like, well, you're so tapped into culture more than anyone I know. And you're like a genius at making memes. So make climate change. Yeah. Like we need that. We really actually need that. And so that's my encouragement. Oh man. I'm going to hit up all my favorite meme guys. Like the fuck. I'm a robot guy. And be like more climate memes, please. Right. There's a great Instagram account. Climb meme change. Everyone should check that out. Okay. It's hilarious. And it's like the laughter that everyone needs. Yeah. You know, well, we can't, it's, it, yes, we are absolutely in a climate crisis. Also plant trees. But like, we all, we're human and right. we all need to laugh and like, what better than a meme, so. Uh, Max, what are some of the things that we can do and our listeners can do to create change? Okay, so one, I would say, if you want to start knowing more and learning more, trust the IPCC and nobody else. So if you want to learn more about the science behind climate change, I'm on their mailing list. Great. Go to their website. And if it looks like Chinese to you, because you don't remember middle school science, don't worry. You can literally buy a textbook for children. That's a synthesis of an IPCC report by um, Dr. Michael Mann, a climate scientist. Don't listen to regular scientists, only climate scientists. So educate yourself because there's so much to know. And I think it was really um, part of learning for me that was really uplifting was to see that these systems that we feel that we must rely on, Uh because this is the world that we've always lived in, is so tiny on the scale of human existence that, you know, change feels much more plausible and real. Mm-hmm. So just like kind of reframing your your own history of the past right. 100 years, 200 years is, I think, um, a great place to start. Second thing you can do is just get involved with your local initiatives like Friday for Future. And ex- if there's an Extinction Rebellion chapter in your area, there's so many great causes. Join their mailing list. First education, then activism. Absolutely. Be a part of the social movement. Absolutely. And just make a conscious effort to take the baby steps in your life to change your lifestyle, change your political um, habits and support more like policies, government officials, whatever right. you can in your local government. Green New Deals. And- yeah. Th- this is a, this is an issue that crosses all scales, right? It's global. Absolutely. But it's absolutely local at the same time. So just get involved where you feel the most comfortable. I guess, and and do stick to your guns and contribute in the ways that you know how. If you're really good at, I don't know, rocks. Let me think about you. Let's use you as an example. Rocks is great Max. at everything. But Matt's up. Yes, Max. Sorry. Okay. Shoot. Well, Max. why aren't we embracing both names, we, by the way? We are. We okay. are. This is, I just don't want to she's Iranian-American. I know it's confusing to listeners, but 
I'm embracing her heritage and she's embracing the future and that's fine. Moving on from that. We sometimes play the game where I bring you certain naysayers. Yes. And I'll put them I think them you do in, this for entertainment. It's not for entertainment, it's well, for education. You're suggesting the third thing after education and activism is to convert or at least intelligently converse with those around you. Is to arm the people around you with information that they can use not only to educate themselves, but to educate the people around them really in a important. very easy and digestible way. Right. And I can do some of that by taking information from Max, but I enjoy watching her get heated. No. <laughs> convert, <laughs> yes, but convert certain people to adopt ideas that I think are difficult for them to digest. So in that spirit, can you give us two or three quick facts that you think are impactful in having people understand the realness and the scope and make people a little bit more woke about what is a reality, even though they're, they may be in slight denial. So I try to gauge the person I'm talking to first to know what's important to them and their value buttons, right? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, um, what, how far do I think I can go with them? Right. So someone that's going to like tell me that climate change is the natural evolution and you know, we have, who are we egotistical human beings to think that we can have an effect on the planet. If that's the route that someone wants to go, then I don't talk about projections. I talk about what actually has happened. I talk about pollution, right? Pollution is very real. Pollution is something everyone can you, you can't deny that, you know? Yeah. So then I'll just, I'll stick to that. And we won't even talk about climate change. Even though I did actually, after that one um, instance, look up Jewish, Jewish, reasons to, Jewish reasons to be an environmentalist. And there were great ones. Um, so <laughs> no, the, I want to hear some of those. Come on. Okay, hold on, hold on. I have to pull it up. I don't want to butcher what I was saying. But the other route to go um, is just to... I actually don't like to just throw facts at people. You know, you can say that the or the the, no, the temperature we're changing hearts and minds. the right. temperature has risen w- average of one degree Celsius globally since the Industrial Revolution, and that is because of the emissions of fossil fuels and greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Like it's just not, you know. And you tell someone that the concentration of CO two is currently four hundred and two parts per million. It just, it's, where is that going to take anyone? Absolutely nowhere. So if someone is flat out in denial, then I do like to just switch it over to a purely emotional conversation and say, I understand that this information completely contradicts the foundation of our society, that it's scary, that when you think about it a little bit deeper, capitalism can't exist if we fully commit to the environment and that is really really fucking scary and to think that there's no clear solutions it's a problem with no end in sight and will require radical change and i understand of course when you think about something like that who wants to believe it and you know how do you you're a smart thoughtful thinking person and you don't want to just be this like kind of 
consuming sheep that someone tells you this is what's happening and you just have to believe it because you don't even know how to question it because you're not a scientist. So what questions do you even ask? It's like flat earthers to me. Like flat earthers aren't, it's less about this conviction that the earth is flat and more about this rebellion against believing what they are told is fact, you know? Mm. And so I get that. Skepticism is healthy. But when you don't even know what questions to ask, then it kind of veers you astray. Right. And so I, I try to just reflect in that sense on people. And so we've given three really good things, education, activism, and talking, or at least trying to change the opinions and the hearts and minds of those of us around. But we can actually stick with talking and some of the great talking points. Um, I really want to thank you guys both, not only for coming on the pod, uh, but for everything that you are, have done and will be doing, because it is very, very clear to me that you are on, um, particularly from an activist standpoint on the front lines of changing those hearts and minds. And that is massively, massively important. We need more people just like you. I'm blushing. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Rocks. Appreciate you. Thanks. I am Henry Lynn. This has been one of my most you favorite episodes. You are out of control. Don't turn on the red light. Are we going to yoga? Yeah. Will we I definitely it? think we should. Oh, sick. Shout out from Better World. Thanks for listening. And join us on the internet at Future Earth and at It's Better World. <laughs>